All right, exciting show here today, Anthony. Dig Me Dab Studios, episode 28. You're listening to the Double A Balls Podcast with your hosts, Andrew Romanella. It is absolutely popping off. Do you know what we call that sometimes? Dick High Fun Balls. And Anthony Rinaldi. I'm going to say something crazy. How about being like a dog? Oh, at the buzzer. Oh, he missed it. Oh, OT. The show starts now. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. This is the Double A Balls Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Romanella, and alongside me, my partner, Anthony Rinaldi. Andrew... Where are we? We are at the Dab Studios at the office of Digme Nation, the home of the guy in the tie. Listen, before we get going here, Anthony, we remind everybody to get us on Twitter and on Instagram. Social media. Dab podcast on both. But today we urge you to do more. We want you to head over to digmenation.com. And if you want to receive 30% off of your Digme apparel, your Digme hats, head on over and use the promo code DIGMEDAB18. That's D-I-G-M-I-D-A-A-B-18. And you'll receive 30% off of your purchase at digmenation.com. No better way to broadcast than at our new home studio. I would told there'd be no math, Andrew. 30% is almost half off your purchases. Close. So take that opportunity and let's go Andrew I know you're fired up about golf yeah I'm excited Tiger Tiger Woods Tiger Tiger Woods y'all and the reason I'm excited about golf and I kept asking myself one question while I was watching the open open championship on Sunday and that was why does golf need Tiger Woods to be relevant because the crazy part about it is and I, I watched a heat map and, and go to Dab podcast on Twitter I retweeted the heat map of what happened at 12 o'clock when Tiger Woods hit the leaderboard as the sole leader of the tournament and the amount of people that all of a sudden turned the broadcast of the Open Championship on was amazing and I kept asking myself Ant why does golf need Tiger Woods so much when there are other great storylines happening right in front of their eyes the course Andrew Carnusty, Carnasty, more like it, Andrew. Did you see those winds? 14 to 20 mile per hour winds. I mean, to navigate that course, and I'm, I can tell you part of that heat map, I definitely, I turned it on because I forgot. You were part British of the heat open, map. And it's on so early in the morning that I get, you know, I turn it on and I'm like, Tiger Woods atop the leaderboard? I was like, what is this, 2010? And now, true or false, it made you want to watch it more because you're right. It, was, it wasn't it was Karnuski, It was Karnasty. All of the, uh, the broadcasters were talking about that all weekend. The weather patterns, the change, the way the course played from the morning to the afternoon was also significantly different. So, yes, you were a part of that heat map, so why? Because if Tiger Woods isn't at that leaderboard, you most likely turn that off. Exactly. What I think his last major was 10 years ago. 2008. We're searching for it. He's searching for it. And when he had that leaderboard, you saw the old Tiger Woods. And I'm talking, hit your irons off the tee box, hit him dead straight, play fairway to greens, and make your pars. You saw he plays defensive golf. And Tiger, when he was at his dominance, Andrew, what did he always do on Sunday? He had the red on. 
he freak he played like Tiger Woods like of old. He wasn't afraid. And he and then he goes He's made shots. And does a Phil Mickelson flop shot. Talk about the one where he, he duffed it. Oh and when, he fell the short. double bogey? The double bogey, yep. which was totally yep. then he uh, I believe that was on eleven. And then he bogeys twelve and drops to minus four. And then, he just couldn't get back after saw, that. But then you saw right after that, Ma- McElroy hits an eagle to go to minus six, and you're like, okay, here we go. Maybe one of these big names is going to win it. He's right, Andrew. It changed because that, that that wind, double bogeys after bogeys. You saw uh, Shufley and Spieth and Kisner, all these dudes dropping shot after shot. But and it was the Italian. The, hey, Joe Bello, Francesco Molinari, the first Italian to win it. Minus eight. I mean, an impressive round two. Bogey free round. And he made th- he made shots down the stretch. And what I found the most interesting was his final 37 holes of the tournament, Anthony, were bogey free. So it wasn't just Sunday. It was also Saturday, and he started that on Friday. And I think that's how you have to win a tournament. So just so you get the leaderboard, Woods is finishes tied for sixth. It's his first top ten finish in a major in a while. You mentioned it before. He hasn't won a major since 2008. So I flipped my TV on this morning, and they're talking about Tiger Woods in the Ryder Cup and whether he should be on the Ryder Cup. And it's just amazing to me that you have these young superstars in golf. So be it Jordan Spieth hasn't found a way to win on Sunday. So be it Rory McIlroy puts himself so far behind on Friday and Saturday that the great play that he has doesn't allow him to get to the top and possibly win this tournament Justin Rose, same thing, was one shot away from almost not even making the cut in this tournament, and he finishes tied for second place. You have these great names in golf, but the problem is the dominance that Tiger Woods had from the mid-90s to 2008 was the dominance of consistency. It was, yes, he was the best golfer in the world, but he also did it the most consistent. He didn't miss cuts. He was always in the top 10. Dustin Johnson, who is the number one player in the world, doesn't even make the cut at this tournament. That, during the time of Dom, Tiger's run and his dominance, that would never happen. And I think that's the biggest thing right now is, yeah, it's great. Justin Rose, great. Dustin Johnson, great. Rory McIlroy, great. Jordan Spieth. Any of these young cats, right? Great golfers. But at the end of the day, none of them will win or, better yet, compete at the consistency that Tiger ever did. Exactly. I think you see the Tiger effect. That he's had on all these young, these are all young kids who looked up to Tiger Woods, and you know everybody in America loves a comeback story, Andrew. So you saw uh, the crowds that were gathering around Tiger Woods you know, on that Sunday. Uh, there's a quote from McElroy saying, uh, "It was great just to be part of it, to hear the roars, Tiger being back in the mix." He's like, "There's a lot of big names up there. It was a nice to be part of it." He's like, "For a while, I thought Tiger was going to win. I mean, here's a pro golfer who's won himself playing against him, playing against him, and he knew his his like you saw it in the way Tiger was playing, that he thought he was going to win, and he's like, my mindset was, you know, let's go and spoil the party here, and he hits that double, I mean, he hits that eagle on 14, and he kind of sits there at minus six, and you see your leaders, Shufali, I think I'm saying his name right, probably wrong, who the hell knows, he starts to, and there was a great joke about that because someone goes, uh, someone yelled at Kisner, hey, who's the guy playing the pink pants? And the guy goes, the leader. <laughs> you know, he answers, he goes, oh. Well, it's because if you don't know, you don't know some of these guys anymore. Right, because I feel like you're right. Without When Tiger Woods dominated, it was Tiger Woods and then the field. And now you have your Rory's, you have your Spieth's, you have your Jordan, uh, your Jason Day's, you have your Bubba Watson's, even Phil to a lesser extent now because he's hitting, you know, that, that old man status. Uh, but, I mean, Andrew, it's just... Like you, like you asked earlier about the Ryder Cup and Tiger Woods, I, I think you bring him on just because he's Tiger Woods. I think he still strikes. It's sex fear. appeal, isn't it? Exactly, hundred percent. 
That dude's a good. He's a good-looking man, Andrew. Does that get other? Well, you just mentioned you. So you say the quote about Roy McIlroy. So you're telling me you think it gets other golfers excited at the chance to play with Tiger Woods, regardless of how well he's performing now, because he was that good for that long. He makes a box office, Andrew. He makes it appointment television. When Tiger Woods is in the mix, if he's in, if if it's coming down a stretch in, let's say the Ryder Cup, where you have the the match play, and he's going up against like a Rory. Uh, or uh, or uh, Justin Rose was playing unbelievable golf. If you watch that guy, I mean, that guy's just consistently in the top 10, top 15. I mean, Tiger Woods just moves the needle. And for USA, I know, you know, I, I think it goes by points and the consistency during the play of the season. And Tiger Woods, he's come back, you know. Listen, this is the most healthy he's been. He's playing really good golf. I don't see why not he's not a captain's pick. I, I would honestly, I, I want to watch him play. It, honestly, golf needs eyes to the sport. Just like we need listeners to the podcast, Andrew. So we Tiger Woods needs to be on the American roster. Uh, and Or on USA. the podcast. You know, either one. Not Tiger Woods. Get on the podcast. So do you think that, honestly, at 42 years old, Tiger Woods wins another major in his golf career? I, I think it's out of the question that he, he wins the most amount of majors of all time. I don't think that's going to happen. I think we're talking about, does he win one more major? And... Can he just for one four-day stretch regain the dominance, be the best player in the world, and just get back to the majors so that when he does eventually retire, which is we are closer to than farther away from, he's on the back nine. We don't forget that Maybe he on won like number sixteen, already. right? But if he doesn't win one more major, think about how many kids are growing up right now loving the game of golf, watching the game of golf, playing the game of golf that haven't seen Tiger Woods win a major. I mean. 10 years ago, I was 17 years old. So even then, I was young. And it was my entire childhood watching Tiger Woods dominate the game of golf. There are kids now. What what interest do they have? So they flip it on on Sunday and say, let me see what this whole Tiger thing's all about. Because my parents talk about it. My older brother talks about it. But I've never really seen it. So does he win one more major in his career? Uh, I, I'll think, I think he puts one, one more major. Uh, he always played Augusta tough. Uh, the British Open, anybody can win. You can see my man, the British, Eddie Pepperell, shot a 71 on Saturday. It was eight strokes off the lead. He got so flushed, dude got hammered on Sunday. He was a little hungover. I think he shot a 65. Came back and dominated. Exactly. So he knows how to handle his body. That's a so, guy that understands so his body. You, so you can tell, you know, golf is not the, you know, average man's uh, game. But it was, I, was, I, was watching, I was watching a little bit Saturday with my father, and you see these guys. They're tall and this lanky athletes, like 6'5", and a buck 90, soaking wet. That's like the prototypical golf body type. But, I mean... And listen, you include the equipment in it, too. So think about it, right? Listen, you have I was the, told a long time ago, golf that, and sex are the only two things you have to be good at to enjoy. So, who doesn't love golf? It's a, it, it, and who doesn't love sex? So, I mean, hey, I guess it works out either way. Well, I think he does as well. I think he's got one more in him. And I saw that this weekend... But it's more than this. Just just this weekend, I think you you noted it before. And I think it's the best thing you could say about him right now. This is the healthiest he has been in a long time. And and listen, before we move forward, don't discredit how good Francisco Malinari has been this year. Just just listen to this. He's in his last six events since the U.S. Open, which he didn't make the cut. He's won three of them, including the Claret Jug, and finished second place twice. 
So he's a top two finisher in five of his last six events, including winning his first major of all time. So this isn't a guy in his mid-30s that we're talking about here. Yeah, he came out of nowhere, but this year, he has not come out of nowhere because he is playing this consistent, good type of golf. And Molinari is the guy that deserved winning that championship, and I give him all the credit in the world for the way he played that course for the last two and a half days, but really the way he managed all 18 holes on Sunday. The quiet-spoken Italian, Andrew. Just played his game, old-fashioned, chipping away, barely made a noise. He just cha- he just tamed Carnusti his own way, Andrew. And he gets to hoist the Claret Jug and is the open champion, which hasn't happened very often for the Italians. And what better for than two Italians talking sports, talking golf. Can't win in soccer, Andrew, but we can win in golf. We can't even make the tournament in soccer from both, from both, of our, from both country angles, but... We've, we've, we've blown pl- past that topic. One thing, though, Anthony, that I can't look past right now, and it happened in the Yankees game on Monday, and it was Gary Sanchez. And this is not coming from the standpoint of a Yankee hater fan because I think, Anthony, you know me by now. I'm not a Yankee hater because I love the game of baseball. I absolutely respect the ability and the talents of players and teams. And I thoroughly enjoy watching the Yankees play baseball because the things that they can do, especially offensively. But what I watched Gary Sanchez do on Monday night really, really bothered me. And I'm sure as a Yankees fan, in a fight with the Red Sox, it bothered you too. I mean, Andrew, where do you want to start with Gary Sanchez? You want to go with the first inning? Guy scores from second on a friggin' botch play up the left on the third baseline. He started, like, I think he power walked to get it. Power walk might be giving him a little bit too much hustle. There was a play. You know, you can't get on him for this one, Andrew. I mean, in the sixth inning, I believe runners were on first and second. Gary hits a shot off the left field wall. And you're like, all right, clutch hit. Scores a run. Should be on second base. Standing on first base. Like, yeah, I get it. And then the ninth inning is the dreadful play. That's the one that killed me the most. Where, Of course, you're Mr. Hustle. You're, you're Mr. Pete Rose, Andrew. I've seen you on a basketball course. <laughs> a, a basketball course. You are a, you are a hustle magnet. If the, the one thing you bring, Andrew, it's the energy. I can feel it. Andy Every Hustle, podcast. baby. Andy Hustle. And, I mean, obviously, that is what really chaps your ass when it comes to baseball because you can't teach fundamentals, Andrew. You can't teach hustle. That's just something that's given, and it should just... he. He just doesn't get it. It's not his first time. In the minors, he got yelled at and benched for something like this, not hustling. Well, I think it, it's in his nature. It is, and that's what scares me, A. And B, what kills me with the play in the ninth inning is it's bases loaded, two outs, tying run at third base. And you can't put a ball in play and just giddy up 90 feet down the line. That's a huge game for your team in this race when you don't want to finish as the team in the wild card and only have one game to try and move on in the playoffs. These games are huge, and especially against a Rays team that, listen, it is way better than a lot of people gave them credit for before the year started. But it doesn't mean that the Yankees shouldn't be taking two or three every single time they take, beat the play the Rays, or more so a sweep. So for it to happen in the first inning, the sixth inning, I, I'm, I'm a huge out-of-the-box guy, try and get two, so I obviously don't like that, but it's really the ninth inning that kills me. And the, the icing on the cake, Ant, is Aaron Hicks hustling into second base to cause it to not be a force out at second base, which gave Gary Sanchez the opportunity to be safe at first base, and he's still Cadillacing it down the line. And Rick DiPietro and Canty categorize it as 
when you make a, a, a mess up play or, or you have a brain fart or whatever, whatever way you want to put it in an early part of a game, no matter what sport you play, you spend the rest of the game trying to almost make up for that play in any way, shape, or form. So the first inning happens. Okay, he doesn't hustle after that ball. Guy comes around to score from second base. Should never happen. The sixth inning happens. Has a chance to get an extra base on a ball in the gap. Doesn't do it. But then the ninth inning, that's the one where you say to yourself, come on, man. It's not the first, the second, it's the third time this game. And that's what kills me. Uh, Andrew, he, I mean, I, I get it. He's batting 340. All right. You know, he's had a chalk it up as a, just a, bat, a brain fart. When you're batting 188, I believe he is, Andrew. 188 with an OBP, I believe, of .283. I mean, sure, he hits home runs. And he's got his RBI total. But with that roster, you should be able to score. I believe it was Friday night against the Mets. He left a small village on the base pass with runners in scoring position. He's doing it all year, Andrew. And here's what gets me. Joe Girardi was fired, I believe, frankly, because of the way he treated this kid. You know, some of the players didn't like the way he treated the young athlete. And it might have been the right way. But you see that when Gary Sanchez is focused and the coach is riding him a little bit. He'd be one of the best catchers in the league. He's going to bat, you know, over 280, hit you 35-plus dingers, drive in 120 RBIs, and be that, that number four batter, that kind of... He was a dark horse for MVP coming into this year, Andrew. Batting 188. Yeah, and that's not the hustling, thing. not even not blocking a ball in the dirt, which is part of his problem anyway. Naturally, I mean, you don't want to get on base so badly you're hitting 188 that you're not busting it down the line on any opportunity you have. I, listen, I, I I don't subconsciously maybe in his head he knows when last time he busted it down the line he he tore his groin and he and he hurt himself, so he's just coming back from that and he doesn't want to do it again. You know, it's a long season, Andrew. I get it. Tampa Bay, it's Ju- it's July 23rd. I mean, is it really going to mess up your your season? Yes and no, because, I mean, Boston is on a historical run. They're, they're looking upwards of 115 wins, I think, at this pace. They just keep winning. Yeah, we're only six games back. Anything can happen. I think we play them nine more times. Um, but I'm, I'm almost okay with setting us up to play the wild card against Seattle. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm kind of just like, all right, let's get there. Let's get the season healthy. Are you okay with it, or are you more prepared for it to happen? I'm prepared for that to happen because we saw what the Yankees did as the wild card last year, going all the way to a game seven in the AC, uh, ALCS against the eventual winner, Houston, who is A, still got a, 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 a ace of a staff. Best team in baseball. Boston just keeps winning. Let them let them have their fun winning 115 games, 100 and someone. I say how that worked out for them last time. Um, you know, I mean, the, the Cubs, the Dodgers and, and the NL, they're getting better. I mean, with Machado going out west, Andrew, that definitely makes the Dodgers a heavy hitter. Uh, but like I said, the top, the, the, uh, Cleveland, bullpen, they got that, you know, that's situated a little bit. They're up there. Uh, you know what? I just think the Yankees are just going to have to figure it out and just play for the wild card. Just Did- sack up, win this game. Severino, who's been struggling recently, Andrew, and that kind of scares me. And I know the Yankees haven't done much talking right now in the uh, wonderful trade deadline, trade rumor uh, aspect. But you know we're looking for pitchers, and I think we need to get after it, get another kind of not not going to get an ace because no one's no one's available. Like well, that. we've broken this down a million times. Okay, we've talked about it. J. A. Happ is a guy that's come out of your mouth a lot. Mm-hmm. Cole Hamels is a guy that's come out of your mouth a lot. Is there anybody else that you're looking at? That maybe I'm not looking at, or maybe that you've been hearing that you get excited about, or is it at the end of the day, 
Right now, there really isn't much. So let's get somebody with some veteran presence or maybe let's just continue to bolster the bullpen so we have another opportunity if we need to pull a starter early and, and we can we can maneuver it that way. Where do you want it to go as a Yankees fan? Because I really don't think if the Mets aren't going to go up Jacob DeGrom, and even if they would and they aren't going to trade him to the Yankees. What do you think Gary Sanchez for? Who else, <laughs> who else do you want? You're right. I, don't, I mean, the, 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 the starting pitching free agent market – for, for the trades has been really cool, cooled off. I mean, Cole Hamels, yeah, he's kind of old. He's not 2009 Cole Hamels. Jay Happ, I've mentioned. Evaldi, Chris Archer, I don't think he's moving now from the Rays. The guy from St. Louis. Car- Kmart, I mean, that dude keeps getting, he keeps getting bombed, though, so I don't know what, what kind of trade value he has for the Yankees. But you're right. But isn't that better now, though? There's several there's several relief pitchers you could add to the bullpen. You know, I, I don't see the Yankees doing much. Maybe a Kirby Yates from the Padres because they're out of it. Ryan Presley from the Twins, they're out of it. I got a dude by the name of Kyle Baraclaw, Drew Stednecker, Adam Conley, all from the Marlins. I mean, the Marlins are a fire sale. I mean, they're better than your Mets, though. Well, we've talked about that, though. Do you just, if you're the Yankees, do you just keep, keep the relationship with Derek Jeter and the Marlins and say, hey, listen, we're probably not going to get anybody better, so let's go get some more young talent at the starting pitching position, or let's go get somebody from the Marlins that could step in right now and maybe help us out, or a bullpen arm, or, or another offensive piece. I mean, hey, JT Real Muto, if you're looking for a catcher that can do do some big things, he's still sitting there in Miami. I, I want the guy who's winning the Hustle and Heart Award. Not Aaron Hicks, me. baby. Are the Yankees trolling I want Gary Sanchez? Austin Romine. Put him in Austin the, Romine, excuse me. Yeah. I think the, I think Hicks won it the year before, or he's been nominated for Are the before. Yankees trolling Austin Romine because they tweeted... Trolling Sanchez. Sanchez, excuse me. They tweeted I mean, listen, it out listen, like, the next sit, day. He's going to sit one of these games because they have a day game tomorrow, so you know he's not going to play two games in a row. The Yankees trolling their own players. Here is Andrew. This is... Hell yeah, probably fire under his ass. This is what... Twitter, that's this, what we've come to. This we'll is what... we go to social what, media. Exactly. They go right to social media because you know he's going to read it. Right, of course. And It'll probably hurt him more on Twitter. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Sports Talk Media has railed on Diary Sanchez, deservedly so. But, Andrew, this is the first litmus test for Aaron Boone. Here is a potential area where you're either going to... Like they said, Girardi was a hard ass on his players, and I don't think that went well with upper management. And you saw Brian Cashman say, all right... Yeah, we went that route. We got this X. We came within one game of the World Series. Let's have you. And now they went with Aaron Boone, who's going to love his players, who's going to coddle his players. Here's a great opportunity. You know, he was very calm in his uh, media right after the game. And he said, protected him. I, I have to go that. out and watch the video. I wasn't watching everything closely. I got to go back and watch it. I got to go back and watch it, which is yes, protects his player. But if he doesn't hammer this dude right now, set the example. You know, you're not going to set him down. You're not going to put him at the mode of a double A. You're not going to, you know, he's just going to ride the pine. Andrew. One game suspension, you let think? Him, let him stare. Not suspension, but one right. game non-start. Let him stare at the top of the the, the ceiling there at the uh, dugout. Let him chew the bubble gum and the seeds. And just let him contemplate, where is my head at? This team is on the cusp of being great. Again, we're one game last year away from the World Series. We're going to have to play great baseball down the stretch because we're going to have to see Boston. We're not playing the hardest schedule. If he doesn't realize, Andrew, that he is an important cog in this offensive lineup, and defensively, because the dude's got a cannon, and he, you know, he needs to get his head on straight. And Girardi rode him, rode him hard, and that got his the most focus out of him last year. If Aaron Boone is going to coddle him and say, "All right, uh, uh, you know, Gary, just take 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 a blow here, take a breather, do what you got to do, come back, let's focus. We need you to bat at least. Give me two fifty down the stretch. You know, get up to two twenty five. 
two thirty. Well, I think at the end of the day, you then just, on base, you just need a consistent guy behind the dish from all angles, from from with your stick, with your defense, with your attitude, with your hustle, with your effort, the whole thing. I mean, at the end of the day, your catcher is your unannounced captain. He's gonna have a lot to dictate how the pitcher feels that day. Because most catchers, if not all catchers in the big league baseball, are calling their own games. He's going to kind of dictate with the pitcher what the roadmap is to get the opposing team's offense out. The catcher is going to command the defense when there's a first and third, when there's a bunt scenario, when it's a cut, when a ball's hit into the gap. If your catcher is not locked in 100% of the time, I don't care who you are or what team you play on or how good your offense is, you will not win baseball games in the playoffs because those pass balls, the inability to maybe not throw a guy out or call a bad pitch or not handle the pitching staff appropriately will cost you baseball games. And I think what happened last year with the Yankees, going as far as they did, going to Game 7 of the ALCS, now you as the Yankees fan, Anthony, is not going to settle for anything less than at least getting to the ALCS. If not the World Series, at least that's what your expectations are. They've gotten off to such a hot start that every year for the Yankees is World Series or bust. You know, that was the old George Steinbrenner motto, God rest his soul. But you have have to think that, Andrew, because if you don't go into that mentality when the season starts... And what's the point of even playing 162 games? And we see, you know, I mean, Boston is unreal. I, you know, a six-game lead, it is a six-game lead. And we'll see them late. That They have a harder schedule than we do. We play these fluff teams like the Mets, so we, we unfortunately, our what do you got got rained, rained out, out, which is typical of our podcast. Of course it is, yeah. We, we picked the one game that gets rained out. <laughs> and I was at it, by the way. Nice. Hope you got, hope you had the... Uh, Soaked. Hope you had a nice sandwich while you waited. Um, and you see, we split one with the, the Mets, the series, 1-1, Tampa Bay. I mean, you got to beat up on Tampa Bay, Andrew. I mean, you just got to hustle down the line, Gary Sanchez. It's not, it's not talent there. That's just, I just want to. And you hear it all on Sports Talk Radio how Aaron Sanchez gets killed. But, again, with first-year coach Aaron Boone, I don't know, understand why he's bunting Didi Gregorius in that ninth inning. Because you know that's ultimately going to make take the bat out of John Carlos Stanton's hand. And I think at the end of the day, you're right. It wasn't just the Gary Sanchez situation. No, but he just takes a lot of the heat because he's a bonehead. And he, yes. Again, he's done this before. Like I, I'm, I'm, t- I'm, I'm not surprised by it. Like Robbie Cano had his habit of not hustling down the line and making these nonchalant plays, and we just talked it up to Robbie Cano being so damn good at his position. And Manny so, Ramirez, same thing. So fluent at you know swinging the bat that you know. You call it lazy, but it's really just they're just that good, and you can you can see with Gary he is that good, but you're gonna have to get more out of him because you don't trade him now. You know I heard a lot of knuckleheads talking, okay, get rid of him. He's a bum. He's a, he, but you know last year he was clutch for us, so you just gotta work through it. You let him sit. You put him on the pine. Contemplate his life. Slap him around a little bit, you know mentally. Get him back focused because it's gonna be it's the dog days of summer, Andrew. And if you start slipping now. You want to start rolling in the playoffs, Andrew. You don't want to. You don't want to be bumpy down the road. Wins, loss, win, win, loss, loss, win. Coming into playoffs, you want to be on a win streak. So speaking of wanting to start kicking stride, the second half of the season, right? A lot of that centered around the trade deadline. Okay, so we talked a little bit about the Yankees. I think we're both in agreement. The only thing you really need to look at is starting pitching. Go get yourself a starting pitcher that can help build that rotation. During the All Star game, we had an All MLB Friday dab about. 
Manny Machado. And at the time, we had said it was rumored that it was the Dodgers and it possibly could be the Phillies. Well, it ended up being the Dodgers. And since he's been a Los Angeles Dodger, they ha- he has gone six for his first 18. He's raked. They've won- they won two or three. They won their last series. And it really looks to me, Ant, like they are absolutely the best team in the NL, hands down, bottom line. If Clayton Kershaw is right, I know he's kind of coming in and out of back issues on and off the DL. With Manny Machado, the Dod- the LA Dodgers single-handedly are the number one contender in the NL division. And I- I'll chalk them up right now for the NLCS. And probably playing the Cubs unless it lines up where they play each other before that, but it is what it is. Those two are the cream of the crop, Andrew. I don't think the Brew Crew are going to hang around. They're on a nice run. I yeah, think it was whoever the, the got Machado was really... Yeah, the LA Dodgers just would get Machado, who now, funny, has it, doesn't want to play third base, is going to move to third base with the injury to Justin Turner going on the 10-day DL with a groin injury. So they're, they're going to move him to third base to let Chris Taylor play shortstop so they can keep his stick in the lineup. And he said, you know what? Uh, the coach said, I have his quote here, first and foremost, Manny was traded here for a shortstop. We, uh, we understand that and anticipate it, but however... With the ball club, we need him. We need him at third base, and with Justin going to the DL, Manny said, "Sure, coach." They had a meeting, closed door meeting. He said, "Whatever you need, move me to third. I'll play that for the time." Being. I love that. Best play, one of the best players in the game. Well, I think whatever listen, the team needs. You're 26. I think he wants to chase that ring, and going to the West was probably his best move because the AL is just Houston, Yankees, Boston, Cleveland, even Seattle for a little, for a little bit, but they're kind of falling off. Those are it's cream of the crop, and the NL is, I think now, strictly is going to run through L.A. And with Kershaw go on the mound, I think it's nothing but a slam dunk. The they're, a- going to be, they're going to ride all the way to the World Series. The AL is the Dodgers, Western Yankees. Conference. Oh, shit. The AL is the Western Conference in the NBA. Well, and I agree. I don't. I, I mean, I don't think it's anybody else, but maybe the Cubs. I, I don't. I don't trust the Diamondbacks in their own division. However, and the Diamondbacks are only one and a half game back of the Dodgers, so. What you don't want to happen is the Dodgers to hit a rough patch anywhere where they lose the opportunity to win the division because, yeah, you're going to play a one-game playoff with Clayton Kershaw and you're going to take the Dodgers in that one-game playoff every single time with Kershaw on the hill. But that compromises your pitching rotation moving forward into the second round of the playoffs. And I think if you're the Dodgers, because I think you'd agree with me, one down aspect to the Dodgers team right now probably is their pitching staff. I think you could say that their starting rotation – might not necessarily stack up the greatest to some other teams that they could possibly face either later on in the NL side of the playoffs or in the World Series. And I think for me that's the biggest thing. So if you're the Phil or excuse me, if you're the Dodgers, you have to win that NL West division and find a way to not be in that one game wild card. Arizona Could you imagine Granky versus Kershaw in the one game playoff? One game playoff. Wow. Nah, you know what? L.A. is taking that division. They're, you'll see him start. They, they took two out of three already out of the gate. Get Manny Machado acquainted, even though he's got six for 18 already. Get him adept to L.A. Him and LeBron will go hang out over there, have a steak, <laughs> have a nice cocktail, talk about how li- how good life is. Their personal brand. That's it, and we'll see We'll see come October. But you're right. Kenta Maeda, Rich Hill, Alex Wood, Clayton Kershaw, doesn't really quite sell you like a Verlander, a Garrett Cole, a McCullers, who else with Keiko. Even a Severino, a Morton. Tanaka, and a CC Sabathia. I almost, in the playoffs, 
trust a little bit more now what Severino did last year than I might Maeda, Kershaw, and Wood. Yeah, I mean, health is a definitely a big issue with Kershaw because I see that dude up close and personal, and when he pitches, and he's on, I mean, it's unreal. He's, Ask Tiger Woods, backs are nothing to mess with. Ask Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. Backs are nothing to mess with, and Clayton Kershaw is a guy that has had some back issues in his career and some other issues to boot. But I think at the end of the day, he's still the best pitcher in baseball, so I'm taking him over anybody else. But for me, again, it just comes back to depth. Uh, maybe I'm taking the 5-5, five and five, Jacob DeGrom. All right, so here's my Pitching question. Pitching to a one right? seven, seven ERA, whatever it is. 5-5, five and five, the Mets can't win him a baseball game. Will, Do they, will he get the 10 we, wins? Is that your question? Will he get double-digit wins? Uh, yeah, it's part, part, part one of the question, yeah. Will he? I don't know. I don't think he will at this point. The way they're playing, I mean, who's got foot and mouth and hand disease? Who's mm. got, you know... Calcium aphonitis or whatever it's called on Cespedes' heel. So we talked about this last week, and it's still kind of an ongoing situation because the trade deadline hasn't passed. But the agent of Jacob Degrom came out and said that he needs to either be traded now, or the Mets need to sign him to a long-term deal. I'm in favor of signing him to a long-term deal. I've always been in favor of trading Syndergaard now that hurts a little bit with what's going on, and maybe a Mats or a Wheeler and kind of going that route. To that. You say? I mean, Andrew, Jacob DeGrom, he is your ace in the hole. I, I can't believe he's at a 1770 array and he's not even going to sniff 10 wins. You got to keep him, sign him, to the, sign him to the deal now, and build. I know you need chips. You need, you need like we mentioned, a catcher, second base, third base, out two outfielders. First baseman. First baseman, bullpen help. But I think if you're, I mean, I don't know. I mean, is there any, is there any saving the Mets? I mean, is you in a Cespedes? Is that serious? He comes back from a DL stint, plays one game. Apparently, he was raking in AAA down in Vegas too. So they brought him up, hits a home run. Did a home run against the Yankees? I think he hit it. Yeah, he did. He Two did. for four with a home run right. that night. And then he goes on the DL and says he's probably need double ankle surgery, double knee Heel surgery, surgery, double face surgery, whatever it is. Andrew, he's out eight to ten months, and it said it's been bothering him for fifteen years. It's mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing. And, and that was the only thing that kind of said to me, hey, you know what? Only the Mets. We're, we're not winning with him. So should we? But every time I come back to it, he's just too good. And they have him under control for two more years, and it just makes no sense. So I'm a very happy Mets fan if this trade, line, trade deadline comes and goes and Jacob deGrom is still a New York Met. Because the, the last part of that is we don't have a GM right now. Yeah, three so of them. why are we going to have those three dudes? Listen, we saw this happen with the Knicks. Take notes, every other franchise in America. Phil Jackson makes the draft pick of Frank Nielakina, then he gets fired two days later, and everyone sits here for two years going, why did he make that draft pick? This is the exact same thing. Don't let this three-headed monster for the New York Mets as their GM, quote-unquote, make a deal that the guy that's going to be hired as the GM in five months, four months, should be making because he's the one that's going to be constructing this team moving forward. Do not make that mistake. No, but there are some defo- definite trade assets your Met organization has. Estrella Cabrera, I think he could go. I think he could try and, and trade a, a Mats or a Wheeler. I don't think they're... They're big enough chips, let's say, that's going to get you what you need. But it'll get something. But you'll get some low-level prospects who may turn into something. And at that point, why not get as many lottery chips as you can? Because you never know when a Gliber Torres or a Miguel Andujar or Justice Sheffield or Chase Adams will come around, Andrew, and be that spark in your lineup. So, I mean, the Mets just got to just ride it out. 
tough season. I think I, they I, I, I think I read something about your boy Matt Harvey, Cincinnati, trying to get traded again. Well, yeah, I, I think that's just him not wanting to be in Cincinnati anymore. I mean, you think he lands on the Yankees? You think, no, you think, you think the Yankees. I, I hope they don't bring him in. I think it's stupid. But I heard a lot. I've been reading a lot about why he's pushing hard to go back why, to New York. Why trade for a guy that can't handle New York? A and B, that's going to be a free agent anyways. That's you just sign saying. him for nothing. It was at it, the end of the year. Why? It, it why make, even give up anybody? No, it makes no sense. But I know Cincinnati. That's that's one of their aspiring contracts. He got blown up by by Pittsburgh. Yeah, on Sunday. terrible. That reminded so, me of him being a New York Matt. That's what I'm saying. Recently, funny. I read that. I was like, please no. stay away. I, please I, stay away. I don't think he gets back to New York. I think the Yankees are smart. Gotta break it. Break it, Andrew. Break it like glass. But do you know what you need to do if you have any broken glass at your house? Besides going to digmenation.com, which obviously something you need to do and you need to type in dig me dab 18 for your 30 percent off i mean that's that's a no-brainer the other no-brainer is if you do break that glass or that short shower door or that thermo pane whatever it is you need to call our man angelo at hawthorne glass at 973-427-4344 listen ladies and gentlemen it's the summertime you want to be able to run outside with the dog you want to be able to open the screen door for the kids but if it's jammed and it's broken and you can't get outside, you got to call Hawthorne Glass because he can fix that for you. That's our man, Angelo. It's 973-427-4344. And what? Another promo coming your way? If you tell Angelo that Double A Ball sent you, he'll give you 10% off of your first purchase. So 10% off of Hawthorne Glass, 30% off Digny Dab 18. We are throwing promos to the people all over the place, Anthony. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. It's not raining in the studio, I don't think. When you hear Hawthorne Glass, you know you're going to hear what do you got in your right. It isn't raining as it was on Sunday night at Yankee Stadium for the Subway Series game that we chose. Let's keep that Let's keep that for the August 13th. Oh, August up. 13th. We're keeping it. So Unless the pitch, Obviously, we'll, you want to go a little gambling style here? We'll call it action. Where I mean, it doesn't matter who's pitching because I don't know if it'll line up for seven. Uh, so do you uh, want to go straight up? Tanaka and DeGrom go again. You you're right. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. It could. But it might not. So let's go straight, straight up. up. I, you take your squad. I take my squad. Two points up. Two points. Right? Two points okay. to win. Two points up. And then we will update the people on our scoreboard next week when we actually have our What Do You Got competition in action. We're going to need a scoreboard, yeah, I think, we'll have, on yeah. the, in the studio. Yeah, we got some We got some good wall space over here. I think we could get a Dig Me, What Do You Got dab podcast what do you got scoreboard all right so you know what though because you're still in the lead i think you're four games over 500 right now somewhere in that range why don't you get us kicked off here on this what do you got i'm gonna keep it on the diamond your home sport andrew we just talked about him give me clay shaw clay shaw see i made it a one name like pele so he's got to be good at baseball (laughs) yeah that's it that's how you know give me clayton kershaw go against the atlanta braves because i move atlanta they're fighting against Philly right now for the NL East. So I believe those two are going to be neck and neck. And if you want to run, if, if Atlanta has any hopes and dreams of keeping this magical run going, you're going to have to go through L.A. I think L.A. is the crown jewel of the NL. Kershaw is who he is. He's going to dominate. I got that, Andrew. That's a Thursday night game, 735, probably on TBS because Turner bought out. You know, that's the same exact owner from Atlanta. So you watch it. Check your local listings. Give me Kershaw go seven point seven point two three innings. Seven point two three innings, huh? That's seven, an interesting seven, total. seven and two thirds is what I have to say. <laughs> All right, Andrew, there's be no math. Seven and two thirds inning, ten Ks, one walk, one run because he got sloppy and let up a home run ball. All right. 
I like it. That Clayton Kershaw pick is going to go after my soccer pick. Yeah. Soccer. I'm oh going to God. the pitch, the world, Mr. The Rinaldi. World Cup and the, kids the World Cup is over, but I promised the people that I would get into the sport of soccer and I would try. So, based off of some fan mail that we had gotten last week about some international friendlies that were going on, I am going to pick a Saturday, July 28th contest between Juventus and Benfica. I am really pumped up. This game is going to be played in New Jersey. And I want to pick Ronaldo, Mr. Rinaldi. There you go. Not because he is the best player in the world, or arguably the best player in the world, but simply because the reason why I'm picking this game is because he got me all excited to watch Juventus because he transferred there. So I just am going with my excitement for the reasons why I want to be watching this game. And it's in New Jersey, which... I love New Jersey. So, for me, it's a combination of both. So, I'm going Juventus versus Benfica on Saturday, 1 p.m., and that is going to be at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey. And the man, Mr. Rinaldi, has Kershaw Goat versus Atlanta on Thursday, 7.35 start, and he's going to go as far as saying that Kershaw is going to go seven and two-thirds with 10 Ks, one walk, and one earned run. I'm going to go as far as saying Ronaldo is going to have one shot on goal. There you go. Way to narrow it down, one, Andrew. Take, one, the, take the Sunday at the Masters, why one, don't you? One shot. Take Sunday at Carnoustie next time, why don't you? One shot on goal. So remember, 973-427-4344. What do you got? Brought to you by Hawthorne Glass, our man Angelo. Mention AA Balls and receive 10% off of your first purchase. Okay. Anthony's got a dig me football tee on. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, there is a little symbolism there because not only is it a fantastic looking shirt, you look great by the way, it's a great looking shirt, it matches your dig me, nice D hat, black and white, very well, but it also signifies what, Mr. Rinaldi? I don't know, but all I know is this gear's coming home with me today, that's for damn sure, you may get his back. That is the truth, and it signifies... You know what it signifies? Let me tell you, my buddy Field Yates signi- summed it up beautifully, this is the final week without an NFL or college football game until after the Super Bowl. A win for all of us. And no matter how dangerous the sport is, and I, so much conversation in the offseason is about CTE and the dangers of the sport and how to change the sport, it's just exciting to see it again. And get back to, all right, let's talk about football. This quarterback, that quarterback, who's, who's holding out on camp? Who's going to show up to camp? Who wants to get paid, right? Well, now we're in the thick of it. And I think you're going to be pretty pumped up that Odell Beckham Jr. has decided he wants to show up to New York Giants camp. Number 13 needs to be at camp. You know, get that work in with Eli. The, the, the offense is going to be the key to keep the New York football Giants afloat this year in a very tough NFC East. You know, it's what, July 25th, Andrew? I mean, do we have a top five power rankings already you want to discuss? A little NFL knockdown real quick, get it, get it out of the way, see who we got. Because I got the Giants number one. No, I'm just kidding. Is that because I'm Odell's on. reporting to I camp? The, I, got, I got Miami number two. Nah. Then so that you have the bottom five power oh, rank. Is that what I mean? Yeah, but I, before we get into that, I, I want to discuss the fact that Odell is reporting to camp. Aaron Donald isn't reporting to camp, and Jim Harbaugh had some interesting things to say about the rookies that were showing up to Baltimore Ravens camp. Because I think. What you're going to find now is we can write down these power rankings all we want. And Anthony's got a five we'll get into. I got a five we'll get into. 
But at the end of the day, those power rankings only go so far as how the players show up, how they're prepared, and then, of course, how they play and if they can stay healthy. And right now, if you're the Los Angeles Rams who, teaser alert, might or might not be in my top five, they look a lot different to me if Aaron Donald isn't happy and isn't getting paid and isn't showing up to prepare for the season. I mean, listen, everyone says in L.A., you got to pay that man. Probably, you know, arguably could be the best player in football, deserver the contract. I know L.A.'s got to pay a lot of big-name players now, but, I mean, listen, that's it's L.A. It's, LeBron's there now. Machado just went there. Atlanta Kobe. I mean, come on. L.A.'s going to sign him. You know L.A.'s going to sign him for big money. This is just a – he's just got to sit out. He's got to test the water, see how far he's willing to go. If he's going to willing to sit, Andrew, I don't know. I don't think he's going to miss any games. I don't think that's good for the brand. I mean, this is two years now that this has happened. Right. So. Last year, the same thing happened. If you're the Rams, isn't there a sense of urgency here? I mean, this man's your best player. Not only that, but you added three pieces in free agency, and one of them in Dominican too, former Dolphin. But you added three guys in, uh, to lead from, from the Broncos, one of them as well. Three guys that don't have any affiliation with your organization. So you need your leaders and you need the face of your franchise in the building right away so that you can get those guys acclimated. Hey, this is the way things operate here. But if those guys come in the building as free agents, big pieces of the defense, the defensive line, the secondary, the linebacking core, that are supposed to help this team prepare to win for a Super Bowl and the best player isn't in there. That kind of says something about the organization and it's the second year in a row. That subconsciously starts to play in those guys' minds. And in football, where the average shelf life, we've said this before a million times, is three and a half years. These guys want to feel the love. But that's also why on the flip side for the New York Giants, it is huge that old Al Beckham Jr. has decided to show up to camp because now that distraction that has weighed over them for the last four months, will he, won't he, is he going to be happy, is he not going to be happy, is gone. And the Giants can strictly just get to being a great football team. I'm going to go with... Odell is so confident and a little cocky in, in, the, in the talent he has and what he brings to the table is that he's going to let his play dictate his contract. And they're gonna, he's going to be like, all right, here I am. I'm in practice every day. I'm busting my butt. I'm going to come out here. I'm going ha- to have 16 tutties, 1,500 yards easy. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to dominate like I always do. You know, I'm, I'm going to show you I'm healthy. I'm gonna show. I'm gonna prove to you why you need to sign me to a long-term deal. I'm gonna earn every single penny. He's gonna bet on bet on himself, kind of like Le'Veon Bell taking the franchise tag. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins bet on himself every year. I mean, that dude. Someone needs to. That that is a, a blueprint. If you want to trust yourself, that is a blueprint to making lots and lots of money in the NFL. If you want to be Kirk Cousins by taking a franchise tag every year and then hitting for the most guaranteed money ever in the NFL. But going back to Aaron Donald. Because he, he seems like he doesn't trust himself that way. I think he, he I, I just think he feels like because he's in such a position where he's getting banged around and he knows it's, like he's definitely getting hit more and more. He knows that his, his he's, I mean, it's NFL. One, any play, you, your, your career could be over. And any kind of sports, person who's played sports beyond a college level into the pro level knows that it's a short shelf life for, for most players. So when you can get the money, you get the money. And, you know, right now people in his ear, chirping in his ear saying, Aaron, sit out, take the money, wait for the money. L.A.'s going to, you know, L.A. signed all these players for their short window. There's, you know, there's windows. The, the, the Patriots are kind of slowly, you know, that window's closing for the Patriots. It could be opening for the Rams. They signed all those players. I mean, that, 
was that the NFC West? So the yes, Niners yes. are kind of up and coming. The Seattle's falling apart. The Cardinals, Cardinals are, are garbage. Cardinals. Yeah. So I mean, this is the window for the Rams that they have a pretty much not an easy marching order towards the final, you know, towards the playoffs. But I mean, it's it's written in the cards. Now, listen, we need our best player on the field. We'll get a deal worked out. I'm sticking two, three years with a player option, probably at that third year, with a lot of max money. Does it bother him? You think that? LaMarcus Joyner signed a long-term deal with the Rams. That's the that's a talented free safety. That Brandon Cooks, former New England Patriots, signed a five-year, $80 million extension. Does it bother him, you think, that he's like, hey, man, I've, I've been here. This is my defense. This is really, when you think Los Angeles Rams, yeah, now you're starting to think Jared Goff. You're starting to think Todd Gurley. But when you think Los Angeles Rams defense, you think Aaron Donald. I mean, that's the bottom line. Do those things have to bother him? That has to add to why he's probably holding out. If those guys don't get those contracts and nobody's getting paid, nobody's getting theirs, maybe he looks at it a little bit differently. But once he sees that, I really think that that has something to do with why he's really hurt now and really saying, oh, this is ridiculous. Fine, you want to go spend money on these these guys? You want to go spend money and give them him an extension, give him an extension? I'm sitting over here, best player in the league possibly at my position, and I'm not getting anything. Exactly. I mean, he he let his talk play last year, and deservedly so. I mean, this man wants to get paid like the best DN in the in the game. Is he DN D line? Either way, he's on the line. He's a big boy. He gets after the quarterback, and he sacks quarterbacks for lunch. Andrew, and you're right, 100. percent It's got to dig at. It would dig at me if I see these outsiders. I can't believe the Brennan Cook signing. When you just told me that in my head, I, I actually completely forgot right. that he signed that absurd kind of... Obviously, 80 mil for five years. Obviously, it's like, what, like 20-some guaranteed? It's like, yeah, so that 80 is just... It's, it's interesting with football contracts because... Yeah, I don't that. know why they do that. It's just it's mind-boggling. It's and because of the career length. They, none of these owners want to be strapped for cash when these guys lose their careers early. You're right. So, I mean, Aaron Donald deserves to get... I think what who makes the most money? I think it's like twelve, eleven or twelve million, something like that. A he year. deserves whatever it is. I give him fifteen. Come on, let's call it a day. Fifteen, yep. sixteen a year. Give him three years. Give him forty-five million guaranteed. How about that? Three years, forty-five million guaranteed. And I, and I agree. That's and it. it. Boom. And at the end of the day, put it on you, his plate. If he doesn't take that, that's a, that is a nice offer. That's a good. That's a that's a tasty offer for and, three years. And you want to get through training camp with little issues, and that's why when I heard the thing about Jim Harbaugh, and I don't, I don't even want to really John get into Harbaugh. it. John Harbaugh, excuse me. I don't really want to get into it because. It's really not even worth that much time of day. But at the end of the day, to come out and really kind of call your players out for the way that they're in shape or the way that they look or how they how players used to be, listen, bud, you have to understand, it's a different day and age. And the NFL has changed its rules a ridiculous amount. But at the end of the day, you're the head coach. So if you want the offseason program to be a certain way, set it. If you want players to show up a certain way and they don't, give them consequences. What do you need to come out to reporters and the first week you kick off camp, you're creating controversy within your own locker room as the head coach? Why would you do that? There's no need for that. And that, to me, blew my mind. So when I looked at the Odell Beckham Jr., I looked at Aaron Donald, I looked at a few other teams that are kind of dealing with situations with players or, you know, you saw that Josh Gordon wrote a letter to Browns fans about how he's not showing up to camp because the Browns, the Players Association, the NFL and him, have a plan for him to stay on track. And right now, showing up to camp is not a part of that plan. So there's a lot. So you want to get in and out of camp with no distractions. So for the New York Giants, so far, as teams report to camp, to me, they've won because Odell showed, showed up in camp. And now, I want you to give me your top five. As the NFL is presently constituted, as you see things right this second, let's call it Anthony Rinaldi's way too early top five NFL teams. All right. And I say this with 
all due respect. Uh, number one, Philadelphia Eagles. Number two, New England Patriots. God bless you. Three, the Steelers. Four, the Saints. Five, the Rams. Andrew, short and sweet. I don't think I need to dive into it. Uh, you know the talent is there for all these teams. And I, I think there'll be, you know, I got a few contenders that I also, you know, kind of wrote down. You your Minnesotas. You got your Falcons, if they can make Julio happen. Julio not showing up to camp. Right. With Another one. Contract. But that, I mean, he just signed two years ago. Yeah, that's kind of like, listen, Ridiculous. I, mean, I, mean, he, I think he's even making like 12 or 13 million. Like, it's not even not, all right, I can understand he's making 8 or 7 million. He's but, like the sixth highest paid receiver. Yeah, I, I get highest. it. Julio, you are a talented individual, and you, I think I think his bell was rung one too many times this year, and he realized his window's closing, so he wants to get paid more up front, but I guess you can't really fault a man for it. And I got it's a big factor as to whether Atlanta's going to be good this year or not. Exactly. And I got that's why I have him kind of on my on my bubble with Jacksonville and a dark horse KC. You know, I think Kansas City is doing beautiful things down there. You think there. Patrick Mahomes is the guy? I think he is, dude. That dude throws. Getting lasers. rid of Alex Smith does it for you. Yeah, it does. It really. Not that I mean, Alex Smith was your consummate game manager. Sure. And he does. He didn't win. He, he, but he couldn't win you the big game. Exactly. And neither can Andy Reid. But he's no. still there. So <laughs> but he's still there. So we got to figure it out. We got to send so one of them. I said it's my dark horse. If you, <laughs> All right. a, if you had a gambling itch and you want to put it on a long shot, KC's the one. All right. So you got the Eagles, the Pats, the Steelers, the Saints at number four, and the Rams at number five. Before I give you my five, I have to ask about one team. I I agree with the five being top five teams in the NFL. Why the Saints at number four? I know their running game was better last year. Their defense proved to be better. Obviously, Drew Brees is at the helm as the quarterback. But I have the Saints in my top five, top ten, sitting at about the seven slot. So I'm just curious as to why you would put them in the top four right now. And I'm guessing it's probably because of what you saw from them last year. And remember, Ingram's suspended for the first four games of the year. Not that... Alvin Kamara can't handle that amount of workload, but that was a two-headed monster that was great for them last year. I, you, you basically said my argument in a nutshell, Andrew. Just the updated and, and better offensive line. Obviously, Drew Brees is a stud quarterback, most efficient. I believe there's some crazy stat I read. I think last season he was one of the most accurate QBs while, leading, or while trailing by, I think, seven, seven points in the fourth quarter which is obviously a crazy stab. Who keeps that? But someone does. And you see what that means is that he's, he has the ability. New Orleans is never out of it. They're always, there's always a chance with, with Drew Brees. That defense was kind of coming out of nowhere last year. They attacked the quarterback. They have some great linebackers. The cornerbacks. You know, they're athletic. They're athletic and, the and they're quick. Alvin Kamara is, is, your, is, your, is your workhorse. You filter in a power back of, of, of Ingram when he comes back. He'll be healthy, rested on a four-game suspension. So you gotta like that, you know. You gotta like that coming out of the backfield. The offense is what it is with Drew Brees, but I mean, town too, hometown fan. You know, they get that crowd playing in the playing in the in the dome, playing down in Louisiana, Andrew. That's the one thing I'm looking at too. Is they play in a really really good division, and it's just they're as a top five. I think they're definitely a top ten team. I just don't know. That's why I'm just curious as why the four because I'm the I have the Eagles one. I have the Pats, too. Where we differ a little bit is 3, 4, and 5. I have the Rams as 3. And I think that if Aaron Don- I think Aaron Donald's going to play the regular season, I think the first month of football is a crapshoot anyways. So whatever happens in that first four weeks, to your point about Mark Ingram and the Saints, how he'll come back rested and, and healthy and he'll add to that offense, it won't be a loss in the first month. I'll agree with you for the Rams and Aaron Donald. So I think they're going to be three, and I really think Jared Goff and that offense is going to take that next step. Todd Gurley's a stud. We know that. The, I have the Jags four, and here's why. 
Bortles is not the quarterback that probably can necessarily win you a Super Bowl outright, but that's a defense that could win you a Super Bowl outright. Nasty. We saw it last year, right? We saw them essentially beat the Patriots. They just decided to, in the second half, for some reason, change everything they were doing. And so I have them four because I could see them being back into that exact same spot this year. And then my fifth team is the Steelers. Whenever you have Antonio Brown, whenever you have Le'Veon Bell, whenever you have Ben Roethlisberger, you, to me, have to be a contender in the NFL. And then you went a little bit further, I'll go a little bit further. I got the Saints as the six, not the seven. I have the the Vikings at seven, and I have Atlanta at eight for my essentially top eight. But that's where I am. So I just think that you'll see in two weeks, and we'll probably laugh at ourselves when we change this in two weeks because so much happens over the course of training camp. And but at the end of the day, I think this is all happening because people are just pumped up for football again. And I know I am. Listen, they can tell you all they want. The ratings are down. But I'm going to tell you, football is the cog that gets the kind of gets you through the, the lazy days of summer, rolls you right into the fall season. Everybody loves the fall season, Andrew. You get football. You get fantasy football. You get the DraftKings. You get the maybe future sponsors, FanDuel. You know, give us hit us up on Shout social out. media. <laughs> you know, I know you're listening, folks. And I mean, I'm just lot. glad I'm just glad to be here. I think we got things moving in the right direction. We do have things moving in the right direction. Before we go on the Double A Balls podcast, we're going to remind you that Dig Me Brand Ambassador and UFC fighter and champion Eddie Alvarez is going to be fighting this Saturday in Calgary. He has been a part of the Dig Me Brand since 2016. You can also listen to Eddie Alvarez talk with Digme founder and CEO Ray Digme on episode six of the Dig Your Dream podcast hosted by Ray on Thursday. Remember, tune in to Mr. Alvarez fighting on Saturday in Calgary. Let's hope he gets another victory for the Digme team. And I think he's undefeated since he's been a Team Digme member. I mean, I feel like I'm undefeated being at the Digme studio, Dab Studios right now. So I can only see how Eddie Alvarez feels. So support the Digme brand ambassador, Eddie Alvarez, UFC fight on Saturday in Calgary. He's got to bring home another trophy for the Digme brand. That's what we're looking for. I'll tell you what, it's been fun. Remind the people, Anthony, where they can get us on Twitter and on Instagram. Tell your friends, tell your friends, download, subscribe, give us the likes, give us the clicks, write a review, good, bad, or indifferent, because any news is good press. Let me tell you that, Andrew. It was been a blast to be in possibly our new home location, Andrew, right here in the Dig Me Nation studios. Dig Me Dab 18, you will receive 30% off at digmenation.com. We are too excited for what is coming. Stay tuned for what the Dab Podcast and Dig Me Nation are going to be doing, people, because it's going to be a lot of fun. I am Andrew Romanella. That is my host, Anthony Rinaldi. We are the AA Balls Podcast, dabpodcast.com, digmenation.com, iTunes. Google Podcasts, Spotify. We appreciate you, and we are out. This has been the Double A Balls Podcast, powered by Power Arm Performance, your leader in baseball and softball training apparel. Visit PowerArmPerformance.com to get your gear and begin training the Power Arm way today.